Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. We get to go back in time with a good old retrospect once again. I think it's been a little bit over a month since we last did one, but, well, hell, it's a it's about goddamn time, I think. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a while since we did one. Um, I think it's because, uh, I think it's for a while, we, it was like retrospect, special interview, retrospect, special interview. It was kind of, plus we had the whole Western thing going on for a while. And then in that in that whole Western month, we had to watch all of Cowboy Bebop as well as the movie and then with a bunch of research. And I think we were just kind of retrospect out, but we just figured it's actually your idea. You wanted to do Final Fantasy Advent Children. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking, I'm all, okay, at the end of this month, Final Fantasy 15 comes out. I'm like, well... Let's go back and watch Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. And really, actually, in watching it, everything all connects with this. It sounds weird, but we'll get to how all this stuff comes full circle. What Advent Children almost kind of is to not only Final Fantasy, but just RPGs in general. Yeah, I mean, look, I haven't, I've never really been a diehard Final Fantasy fan. I've like, I played seven and I like seven. Truth be told, I never finished seven. I got pretty far, but all my friends knew played seven. I kind of know the story. I know all the major beats, all the big stuff that happens. So I feel like I know enough about it. Plus, it's always like the character designs and the world it took place in. Mm -hmm. And I got the movie when it came out and I enjoyed the movie. So this is going to be kind of a a different kind of retrospect because usually it's these like weird movies that a lot of people don't really know about. Or if they do, they're still maybe. Not as well, they're not as maybe well respected in some way, we feel. And this is going to be a little bit more of like, this is a movie we like, but it's not a movie we're obsessed with. I guess it's almost more of like, I kind of don't want to use this word too much, sort of a critique, I guess. I guess, yeah. Well, in this movie, too, it's one of those ones like, this movie was a huge thing to a certain pocket audience, but it's not like it's really like the biggest movie out there. Like, I think to us, it feels like it was this like major movie. And it really is, as far as video game movies go, this was a fucking big deal. But I think to anybody outside that community, it's like, they can give a flying fuck about some CG Jappy movie. the first to suffer. Geostigma. Genova. Reunion. Children who have lost hope. Respite for the soul. And so he takes sword in hand once again.
Fantasy Seven Advent Children. The thing about this movie, I think it was kind of like this weird, like it threw some people a curveball because it was one of those things like this is an anime. This is an anime. It may be CG animated, but it's but anime. It's still... it, it looks like an anime. I mean, it's CG, but it, everybody looks anime. And I think that's something that kind of throws people off for because, like, it's still even kind of. I mean, it's Japanese, but I mean, even kind of like the uh, you know the beats it kind of moves at the story it kind of moves at the way they kind of talk to each other because I think that's the thing. It's kind of like okay, Final Fantasy crazy style action and world, but it's gonna be it's gonna have more of like a, a serious more of a serious narrative. But then I don't know. I feel like. Something about it, and I, and I watched both the English version as well as the Japanese version. And this is one of these ones I have to say, I think the Japanese version is superior. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. You, that, you don't get but... Steve Bloom as fucking Vincent, which that's like the best part. But the Japanese one, the characters that are kind of lame don't come across that lame in the Japanese version. Yeah, and the thing is, I, I think that like even when playing the game, maybe this is why some RPGs work better in like just reading because. When I played the game, for whatever reason, the dialogue didn't come across super stiff or stilted. Where in this, a lot of it does come and come across very just um, bland. I'll have to say this, because really, I think there's a lot of things that I feel almost ruin the RPG genre. And the thing is, is, you know, some people could go, well, the reason why an RPG game was what it was in the late 80s, 90s, is because technology kind of limited it to being what the games were. So you had these humongous stories, but there wasn't a way to have voice acting in it unless you're like Lunar or something like that. So, you know, you had to have everything be reading. But I think there's something special about reading an RPG that makes the game so good is because, you know what, you picture what these characters are going to sound like and everything like that. And it's kind of, even educational-wise, I think it kind of keeps it all intact. In a sense, it's like the, the magic of an RPG was sort of like you were reading this whole adventure. You became way more into the characters because of that. And then it's just even, you know, the elements of like, you know, the, the battle system. Like that was almost like the main reason. Like anybody who tells you they play RPGs with a story, they are fucking lying. They are fucking lying because at the end of the day, you were doing so much more battling than you were doing anything else. So if the battle system is not good then you, could give, you probably won't even care about the story. You know what I mean? Well, I didn't play as much RPGs when I got older, but when I was a kid, to a certain extent, I think it was almost... You were almost... It was, I think that depending on the game, you had to have a, a fun battle system, but you had to... Tr but I think it was almost something you more trudged through on certain games just because you liked the story. And that was my case with some of the Final Fantasies I played. And it wasn't like, oh my God, this is so bad. It was just more of like... I was curious where the story went, so that's why I kept on going through it. And I think another situation was, I think, well, this, this was also just a fun system. The only RPG I really dedicated myself to, really big time dedicated myself to when I was younger, was Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And that's a very simple RPG, but I think that it's also, that's one of those examples it gives it's so when it gets something I mean, granted you have the show to add a lot of narrative to it but um you had like uh it was so bare bones it kind of gave a lot of options for what you think your character would say or what your character would do and i think that's kind of an example of like what you said it's not there in as many rpgs anymore no yeah and that's sort of the case too it's like you know it lets you kind of decide for yourself what this sort of thing is but you, since you're so immersed in this world you start getting all these ideas and things like that and yeah you know pokemon you know 
people always want to kind of go like, they're like, oh, well, you know, Pokemon. I'm like, no, it's a full on RPG. There's, you know, it's just as generally as complex as other things. It's like some people go, oh, not really. I'm like, nah, you know, it can be. I mean, yeah, you can make it seem simpler. The only thing they really just need to do to Pokemon is always just add that difficulty. They just need to crank that fucking shit up. Well, I think so the thing. Oh, go ahead. Well, it's always like that thing. It's like, you're this 10 year old boy who's just learned how to use Pokemon like the other day, and now you're beating up all these old people that have been training Pokemon for years. That's got to be sad, just being like some old seasoned vet. Like, you know, you got to be like, all right, imagine being Lieutenant Surge. You were fucking in Pokenom. You've yeah. been in the shit. You're all of a sudden like, I'm running this gym and I just get my ass kicked by 11-year-olds all fucking day, man. I don't believe this shit. And the thing is, I know I can do more, but I got to stay at a certain level. I can't go up that level. Otherwise, they're just going to fucking, you know, just, I, they, we got to be, you know, I keep on saying, let me get a rock type, but they don't let me. I have to use the electric type. So it's like, it's, what's the fucking point? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. But other than that, you know, the, I, I think the thing was like coming back around to Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, what I, when I was rewatching that movie, because I hadn't seen it in many years. And I guess maybe before we even go farther into that, let's go back to like, let's go back to 2005 when Advent Children came out. We'll start from there, because this was remember, a big. Remember 2005, everybody? Yeah, 2005 was fucking awesome. Remember the used? <laughs> yeah, remember when My Chemical Romance came out and you were weirdly confused? Remember Breaking <laughs> Benjamin? And this is when Avenge Sevenfold started to be there. Remember Halo 2? Halo 2 was awesome. I remember. Remember? <laughs> but Advent Children was this really fucking big deal because I guess you could actually go back a little bit farther. There was Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. And now that movie, because you know you know what we're saying that Advent Children was kind of taken like an anime? Well, that one was like actually trying to be made more just like regular people looking. It didn't really... I mean, you, you could probably go back and watch and go, okay, I see the anime elements in it. But at the time, it felt like it was trying to be made like almost like an American movie, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, because like the performances, the pacing, the dialogue almost came across. I'm not saying it was amazing, but it came more across like it was trying to be American. And I think the big thing that kind of linked that to being Final Fantasy was, wasn't it like written by the same guy who made by the creator of Final Fantasy? Wasn't that the big thing about the movie? Well, it had some of the it had the people from Final Fantasy and things like that. And I think that the thing is because the movie's actually not a bad movie, but when you're going into it expecting it to be Final Fantasy, and then you realize it's just this kind of a off kind of like aliens. Yeah, kind it's of like kind of, in a sense like almost Final Fantasy is more just in the title. I think that was kind of why we were kind of like, oh, well, that was sort of good. I mean. You know, I, I think I'm when I think back on them, I go, actually, it was a better movie than, like, when I was a kid. I mean, like, I enjoyed it, but I think it was more like, yes, it's got Final Fantasy to tell. You must enjoy it, you know? Yeah. And then nowadays, it's like, I'd probably go back, because I haven't seen that one in a while. And I, every once in a while, I go, man, I should just buy that movie again and just see what that was all about once again. Because I, I remember it being cool, but I think I might even actually like it more now. Well, the sad thing about that is they're trying to start up that they started up a new division, Square Studios. They're going to make a bunch of movies, like, just the whole, but that, movie bankrupted them because they didn't really didn't do that good so uh in either america i don't think america or japan so um i think probably in japan probably america a eh, because it was just like i think people had trouble taking like cg like anything animated seriously like you like i don't know what it is with a lot of people they can like handle like an animated kids movie and still say oh it's a kids movie but it was cute and had something to say i enjoy it like well here's an animated movie it's pg-13 to r and it has a little bit of a serious story. Fuck that. Like, what? Yeah, fuck that. I don't really get that. 
I don't know what it is, and it's still there. It's like, it ha- I mean, people have gotten better, but at the end of the day, there's just this grudge towards animation. I don't know what it. I, I always think it's just a, it's a bringing in. It's just like that old fashioned like World War II dad like putting his thumb down on the kid like, this is fucking bullshit. You are 11 years old. You need a goddamn job. I don't think you should be reading these capty Americans. This isn't a real goddamn American. You know, it's, I think it's just that has been shoved into people's faces for so long. And then it got passed on, even to, like, the hippie generation. Like, all of a sudden, they had a kid, and their kid turned 11. They're like, comic books! And they just start flipping <laughs> out. What, they hulk out right there? <laughs> for a second, they're just like, like, they just have these, like, fucking, you know, they're, they're, they're non-flashbacks of their parents, like, freaking out. And then they put that on their kids, and it just kept passing on. So I think that no matter what, animation is always hard to sell. Unless you're really into animation, it's pretty much impossible to sort of sell, like, serious animation to other people. Well, that's the thing, because I notice there's so many, like, adults that will want to go see whatever Pixar or DreamWorks movie. It's like, it looks cute. I know it's a kid's movie, but it looks cute. It looks like it's kind of clever and funny. Like, oh, here's a serious one. No, no, fuck, I don't give a shit. Like, oh, okay, you know, as if there's nothing to be grabbed from that. But, I mean, you know, maybe I think it's kind of starting to fade away, and I think this movie... I mean, this movie probably did pretty good for, like, being a straight to... I think it played safe. They Both in Japan and America... It was a straight-to-DVD release, uh, and I think even in Japan they had like still a uh, like a few couple of random theaters that played in it for a few days, as well as America, probably. Well, yeah, and I think, sadly enough, it was probably... Because, you know, the thing that made The Spirits Within such a big deal was that it was at every fucking theater known to mankind. I mean, they played it at the movie theater here in Sonora that only had five cinemas. Like, that's a pretty big deal then, you know? I, I remember that was like the still the point of, like, you would hear... I remember th- This is the main thing I, I took away from Spirits Within... Because that's that point, oh, you hear they're making this movie, or you hear they're making that movie. I went to go see Spirits Within, and they had that teaser for Spider-Man, where he catches the uh, the the uh, helicopter between the trade towers. Oh, yeah. And that was just one of those things, like, holy shit, when you're a kid, you know? Because that's like, now you can just see, oh, new trailer drop, let's check that out. It'll be rather in front of YouTube. But now, but back then, that was still that point where you'd be surprised you went to something. And sadly enough, the Spider-Man trailer is the main thing I took away from a Final <laughs> Fantasy movie back in, like, what was it? It had to be 2002? Yeah. I just remember that that sort of reminded me of. I remember, oh, no, it could be 2002. It had to be like 99 no, or 2000. It was, 2000. it was literally 2000. It, was two, it had to be 2000 because, that, tra- like I said, that trailer had the the, tr- the Twin Towers in it. So, yeah. Which, I don't know, This that kind of reminded me of. I can't remember what movie we saw, but it was there was a movie we saw, and they had either it was a Dark Knight or a Dark Knight Rises trailer that came before. And I remember about 40 minutes into the movie, you look over at me, it's like, this is a good movie and all, but I really cannot think of anything else but the Dark Knight trailer that was just shown. It was Sherlock Holmes 2. Oh, yeah, that was right. It was like halfway through that movie. It's like, there's nothing wrong with Sherlock Holmes 2, but God, there was a fucking Dark Knight trailer. Yeah, pretty much. Well, after Spirits Within, and you know, once again, I guess Spirits Within, what made that such a big movie, too, is because it was like the sixth or seventh fucking video game movie really to come on out. You know, maybe, you know, disincluding, I'm going to say anime ones. You know, because what else? I mean, Tomb Raider came out right around that same time. I don't think Resident Evil had even come out yet. So, you know, you were still, like, living off the legacy of Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, and Mario. Yeah, yeah. And that one, you know, people always say there's no such thing as a good video game movie. I don't think there's oh, those an people amazing... people are fucking retarded, that's all I have to say. <laughs> I don't think there's such thing as, like, in, like, you know, that real groundbreaking video game movie yet. I think there's such thing as an enjoyable, fun, good video game movie, but I don't think there's anything that's, like, that real 
that like we I know we've said this a thousand times and we're not the only ones but like that dark night where it's kind of like oh shit this is something you could take seriously you know yeah I, I will say I by that standard yeah I don't think so because a lot of the video game movies I think they're just real fun ones but yeah there's not the dark night like the definitive you could show this to your grandparents and they would be able to understand it movie I mean I, I could hear all the eyes roll to this but I don't give a shit my, my favorite video game movie still is a Super Mario Brothers movie well yeah just, it's the fucking shit there's too much there's just too much memory there's just too many memories of that and people say yeah you gotta put that shit aside and just critique it as it is like there's nothing there's nothing that like to really me there's can, nothing to critique I love everything about it fuck I got the Mario Brothers looking right at me right now the figure's sitting right in front of me yeah it, well it's one of those things it's like it, there's nothing that really kind of can match up like there's no critical part of your brain that can really match up to being just getting into that character and then just a few months in seeing a trailer a t- an ad for the movie and then going to see the movie and you know there's just one of them being one of the first movies you've seen in theaters you know so there's just nothing that really you know no logic can really com- compete with that so exactly but as well, far then, as Final Fantasy goes, though, like... Yeah, after... then we lead up to Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. I remember, this is what makes this such a big deal, because this all kind of, like, all ties around. That movie came out in 2005, and it was straight to DVD. And this is right when, like, they first started a multimedia class at our school. <sighs> See, because this all, like, ties into, like, our fucking history of movie making. Yeah, so, can I? Uh, the guy, you said what you was going to say, but yeah, go ahead and finish. So, like, we got this class called Multimedia. The rest of the school district has no idea what to do with it. Now, I know there's schools probably nowadays, you go left to right to any, you can go back to Somerville and, you know, movie making is just like, oh, yeah, that's a normal class, just like photography, art, or, you know, crafts or fucking auto class. But at this time period, this is the idea. It's like, uh, uh, what? You're going to have these fucks heads running around with cameras? And this is the principal talking. And yes, fuckheads was the words they were using. <laughs> like, are you, you can't just have these guys running around with fucking nunchucks and cameras and making God knows what fucking gay porn for all we know. You 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 made a movie where you guys are out fighting out in the middle of the, the baseball field, like right in the middle. <laughs> like, like I just remember them saying, like, were you like? I, they they came across me with a camera one time. Like, were you the ones who were like doing kung fu, kung fu out in the out in the baseball field? Like, no, that was my friend Spencer. I also like too when you were shooting one of the movies too. You're like that guy came up. He's like, are you the guys making the Jesus movie? No, no, Jesus movies down the hall to the left. Yeah, because it was literally just like. Here's a camera. You got like 30 minutes to go out and film whatever unsupervised. <laughs> so I understand. <laughs> now then it's like, man, they won't let us express our freedom or our creativity. But looking back, like what was some of the movies involved? Us jumping off storage units and slow Yeah, like, hey, Max, okay, what you're going to do is you're going to jump off and you're going to try to like backflip off that storage container. <laughs> <laughs> Did it pan out? But he, Max is still alive to this day. So, but yeah. Well, I like my things. favorite part too is I liked how like well I didn't get to see it because I was on the other side of the camera or there, and Max jumps off and somehow some way, you know, any normal person would have landed on their feet. So he just landed straight on his back. <laughs> so I mean, in hindsight, I could kind of see where like you got these supervisors and principals looking going like what the fuck is this class, you know? But, you know, this time period, this is the point where, like, cameras, you know, nobody fucking shoots a movie. What are you, an idiot? Or when the principal sits you down and goes, huh, so you're into, like, doing this movie stuff. Yeah, I had a nephew who was into that once. He was gay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he he was into, like, acting and all kinds of stuff. Moved to Minnesota at one point. Bunch of good old boys beat the shit out of him and killed him. Yep, dead to this day. So, you, you... you want to do that art stuff still? Uh, yeah. Huh. Interesting. 
<laughs> you know, you would get those kind of lectures because it was just the idea of making movies was just like so unheard of. There's a small little redneck town. So and like the thing is to bring it back around, though, that this class, which you're seeing, what is this going to do with Final Fantasy? Well, this is still pre YouTube and all kinds of stuff. So nobody had any like, you know what I mean? Like there's no such thing as like an indie movie market other than like full on filmmaking. And there is also this whole aspect of like basically everyone eventually just became a film class. My nephew now goes to that high school and he says it's just straight up a film class. Before, it was multimedia, and it was one of those things. Within, within one semester, because what would happen is the teacher came in, okay, guys, so we're going to make a movie. You're going to record a podcast. What the fuck's a podcast? Well, that's, where you record, that's where you record yourselves talking, and you put it online. Who the fuck's going to do that? I literally <laughs> said that. Not to him, but I was talking to the class. Who the fuck's going to do that? And then, sure but enough. Lo and behold. And then, and then after that, we also like we're also going to do maybe play with some flash animation, learn Photoshop, this and that. You know, there's like eight projects. And then it landed on everybody just wants to do movies. It was a rowdy class. The teacher was only like three years away from retirement. And he's just like, fuck it. They just reached the point like, are they killing each other? Are they fucking each other? No. Okay. Arms like mostly like if you had a question, you put them and he'd show you on the thing. Well, this is how you move an audio file. This is how you like copy and paste a clip or whatever. You know, he'd show you whatever you needed or how iMovie worked. But beyond that, it was just kind of like just two more years of this shit. Arms crossed. And one day, this is when Final Fantasy Advent Children came out. It was actually the day after. And this is, I just want to point this right before you get that. This is the sad part. This guy worked, not only did he work this multimedia class, he worked in special ed like his entire life. And the multimedia class, I think, was a bigger burden on him than the special ed class. So that's all I have to say. And like the, and like the, the you know, the, there's also not just, not just the special ed class, it was also the, um, uh, oh, the derelict class like that. Like, I don't want to go to school, but I guess I still got to. Like the the class that's in the storage unit, like on the edge of the on the edge of campus, you know that like, class. Really, you got caught with meth three times in a row. Now we don't want to suspend you because we need that fifteen dollars a day. So you're gonna have to go to special class. Sad thing special is, special sometimes... no, no, just special class. I I wish I had a better name for it, but it's <laughs> really just the non-important kids. I wanted to call it that, but they said that would be wrong. Sad thing, because I'm not going to lie, it was one of those things, I wasn't the best at math, so for a brief amount of time, I was in that class, like, you don't need to be here, just go to this class over here, you know? So oh, and, they, and then they, the Billy kids are like, hey, Dunnigan, you want to go smoke meth after school? And you're like, no, no. God, well, no. The, the sad oh. thing about it, I mean, we'll get back to Final Fantasy in a second, we just can't, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just I don't flashback No, but there's like, there, there, there would be like this, um, the sad thing is, there is like the special needs kids, as well as the Derek Glick kids in the same class, because it was that low on funding. <laughs> we'll just jam them all in the same spot. They all probably got the same kind of future. So we'll call it good. But no, but anyway, that teacher, he dealing with both those classes as well as the multimedia class. Multimedia class is the one that stressed him out the most. And surely enough, though, there is one day, someone's like, Mr. Campbell, oh, uh, we, I shouldn't have said his name, but yeah. <laughs> Well, it's but, okay. He passed away. I guess there's nothing we can do now. Good dude. Good, really good dude. But really, uh, he's he's our he's our start to our legacy. So I I looked at him as like he's our Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, he is. I, he literally is the Obi Wan Kenobi. He showed you the ropes, and you know, sadly enough, wasn't there to continue on with you. But um, anyway, he uh, comes in. He, he like somebody's like, we got this movie. It's all related to like you know filmmaking and computer generated graphics. Like whatever, just 
whatever. Fucking put it on. <laughs> but we're like, keep the entire class silent. Actually, this one will. Unlike that fucking chicken movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a documentary you had to watch on chickens. And here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I remember this. And I'm not trying, I'm not looking to throw you under the bus. I'm not looking to throw you under the bus. But for a period of time, you were really against Final Fantasy Advent Children because you were oh, like, Final Fantasy VII is a masterpiece and they should leave it alone. They should leave it alone. And you refused to watch the movie for a long time. So much so that when the day the movie came out and everybody else was in class watching this educational movie, you were in the other room in the computer lab working on whatever your pro- project yeah, I was. I was like probably editing something. I thought I was in the same room, but I, was, I thought I was working it. Because we didn't really, well, I guess we did have the other, we had that one random ass computer in like the other room, but. Yeah, yeah. But I remember, yeah, when Final Fantasy VII Advent Children first came out, it was just like, this is blasphemy. They're talking, like, who who decides who's what voice? You know what I mean? There was all these kind of things against it. And then it was like, eventually kind of sat down and watched it. And it was that thing where it's like, okay, it's not perfect, but I, you know, it's, it's still good, but it really doesn't. And it didn't capture the feeling I had with Seven because there was something so magical, and, I, and maybe there's this thing with RPGs that you can't get that same like feeling that you can get while playing one in your teens. You know what I mean? Like Final Fantasy Seven, Final Fantasy Eight, Final Fantasy Six, Chrono Trigger, all these games of that time period. And then the idea of it's like that. I don't know what it is. Just like you feel like you have so much hold on. I felt like one of those stupid fucking original Star Wars fans that doesn't like one, two, and three at the time. Which now in hindsight, I go, God damn, it was the same fucking thing as those guys. <laughs> you just got to face your demons sometimes. Yeah, you really uh, do. But that's okay. As long as you can convert around and become like, you know, okay, I'm accepting of it, then that's fine. Well, I think a part of it is also you have this, I think it's the problem with any kind of anime movie, which is most of the time anime movies, you got, or the animes themselves, these big, grandiose, long, like long scale stories. And then you get this one little like hour and a half, hour and 20 minute movie it takes place in the same spot. And it's kind of like, a, remember this? We're kind of going back to it. We're bringing in all these things you love. But it, it's really compact. And the thing about the movie is, <clears throat> it is an enjoyable movie, and it's fun. The real star <clears throat> of it's really the action. I think the action and the look's the real star of it. But, I mean, until you get to Sephiroth, you got some serious, weak-ass villains. No, yeah, you got to put up with Sephiroth's, like, three, like, clone bitch children that, like, this is what happens when, like, kids don't have a fucking father so like they think well they they were like they i think this is kind of like this and kingdom hearts kind of put final fantasy into a particular direction because they were literally like what's selling the whole like hot topic emo Emo look yeah because i really i mean the only truth be told and you know i think the only one of the because i think it's the only one of the three children that look kind of cool and kind of menacing is laws which is the big burly guy and he's is that like, the rock the rockabilly looking guy that's the only one that i think is kind of cool looking well the downfall though is that guy okay he probably looks the coolest, but he's the bitch they, they make him like kind of like the gayest characters like laws are you crying he's like yes i'm so sad he's the only one that looks cool i'm not saying he is cool he's the only one that's kind of like because just visually and well, then i feel like they got three different character looks they got one the guy with the long hair is kind of like the gothic looking one then they got the main one with like the emo guys yeah he's literally the emo one and then they got this weird like punk rock rockabilly guy who you think would be really badass i'll say this he's much better than the japanese cut <laughs> yeah he is much better in the japanese cut i mean they're all better in the japanese cut because 
I guess you can't pick up on inflection and tone in Japanese if you don't speak it. But um, in Japanese, they, they still come across as, as like three whiny little bitches. But the Japanese cut, though, it's harder to pick up on some of those things. And well, I just think just, dubbing's better in the Japanese one for those characters because those characters, I think that's what makes them a little bit worse. Is their dubbing's not that great. They just kind of got like, I don't know. It's weird because it's it's a it's a mixed match because half the characters in the movie are really good dubbing and then the other half are kind of like they're not they're bad but they're just like a little cringy. Do you know who um, voices uh, Aerith in the uh, Aerith in, in the American version? Who voices Aerith? Mandy Moore. Huh, I didn't know that. I saw I forgot that Rachel A. Cook did Tifa in um, yeah. the, the American one, and then of course you got fucking. Vincent is being Steve Bloom, which is that's awesome. Let me actually double check and make sure that's Mandy Moore. I'm assuming I think I, I know that it was Mandy Moore in Kingdom Hearts. So I would assume it's still her. But uh, because yeah. I know that Cloud's the same one as in Kingdom Hearts. And because see, by Cloud, that point, Mandy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to say is like, you know, mostly all the main like Final Fantasy seven characters that we care about. They're all mostly fine dub wise. Oh, no, never mind. Not Mandy Moore. I'm a, I'm a oh, fucking okay. idiot. But in the uh, in Kingdom Hearts, I want to say it was Mandy Moore. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rachel Lee Cook, though. I always liked her. So Yeah, she's she's one of my favorite actresses. I wish she was in so much more stuff because I think she's amazing. Like, you know, Josie and the Pussycats. I know it sounds like a weird movie, but like she's fantastic in that one. Mm-hmm. I also, well, I thought that they kind of underused Tifa a little bit because Tifa, she's like there looking cool to, just to get her ass kicked by... Uh, by laws and then when everyone comes in at the very end what's she doing she's kind of huddled over the little kid the whole time trying to protect him not punching nothing you know what i mean so i think she they she's a little underused in that and the thing the thing that's kind of odd about the movie in my opinion because this is the first time i've watched it like in <laughs> yeah years. six years um now here we should first off say there's they've re-released it in like uh what they called the final fantasy 7 advent children complete which is um, they've actually upped up the graphics, actually threw in a little bit of blood and dirt on the characters when they're fighting. And then it's actually 25 minutes longer. And I cannot find that to rent because when I moved here, I didn't to where I am now. I unfortunately didn't bring the movie with me. So I had to rent the original version mm-hmm. um, on the PlayStation Network. And I couldn't find the complete version anywhere. But I could go on YouTube and just look up little scenes here and there. And there's things like things things that i did definitely notice that changed was um cloud what there's like kind of a reminiscent of the uh when he goes against um sephiroth for the first time when he kind of impales him and lifts when sephiroth impales him in the shoulder and then lifts him off the ground you kind of see their silhouette sort of and then sephiroth is fighting with one wing while that that wasn't in the original version it was like a little longer like things like that and there's also you get to see what happens in the uh volcano not the volcano wherever it is they go to get genova's remains oh yeah they they, they put all that stuff back in from the game and from there's there was a cool little anime that came out around like i don't know 2005 last last report i think or last order last order i watched Yeah, last order because i remember like it was at that time period where it was like oh i got the fucking internet like and this it wasn't even like released on anything but there was like some like downloadable like you know subtitled cut of it and i it was like downloaded and watched it which i i'm surprised it's actually not on the fucking blu-ray disc it's like why would you not put that on there that'd be like the perfect thing to have but yeah, I actually watched that just, uh, you know, because I was I, I did more research for this movie than I thought I'd ever would. Because <laughs> it's here's all I can really say about the movie. It's a fun, enjoyable movie, but it just doesn't really mm, it doesn't have that oomph to me. I, I, it is a fun movie, but I'll say that 
something they did do a good job on is the fight scenes. Because the fight scenes, I I was kind of having trouble remembering where the story goes exactly, but the fight scenes really stuck out to me. Because I'm watching this, like, okay, Tifa hops off these pillars, zooms in, does a spinning kick, spins in midair, kicks him in the face, he slams against the wall, then, you know what I mean? It was, I was kind of, it was almost we- crazy how much I remember what happens punch for punch, beat for beat in the battle scenes. But yeah, the, story the fight itself, scenes are definitely, like, really badass in this movie. But the story itself kind of slid by me in a lot of ways. Yeah, because that's how it was, too, because I'm like, I almost couldn't really remember exactly. I'm like, I remember parts, you know, like the fight scenes and things like that. But yeah, it was kind of come back. It was a little bit of a refreshing one. And I do think that the complete version definitely makes the movie like at least maybe like one point better. You what know, I let's just say, I'll the... say the original one was kind of maybe like a two and a half out of four. I would say the complete one's more like a three, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it does add to it. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, you know what I think is really the biggest thing that kind of brings the movie down they just what? don't focus on the Final Fantasy VII main characters enough. It's there's too much like Reno and too many new characters. There's a lot of Reno and Rude going on. And I mean, that's fine. I mean, I, I like Reno and Rude. Don't get me wrong. But the thing is, is like other, you know, yeah. Once again, like Tifa, like she's she's there probably more than mostly all the other characters other than Cloud. But it's still like there, she's not doing enough and things like that. And it's also too, I don't know. Maybe it is that sort of like dragon ball z thing it's like okay just because you beat this frieza guess what now sells here and he's 10 times powerful and i know maybe that's sort of how it is but you're kind of like fuck tifa but you know pre like two years beforehand was just kicking more ass than anybody else known to mankind she was fucking doing more damage than cloud was but mm-hmm. now one guy shows up and beats her in a fucking church but well what can you do there i think it's supposed to be like i mean i guess it's just hard to take in i guess these three guys are meant to be kind of like single Sephiroths like they're probably as strong as Sephiroth yeah that, I mean that's how I kind of picture it as and that's what makes them t- sort of dangerous Sephiroth though I get Sephiroth whether you like anime or not and he may be a stereotypical anime villain I get the appeal to that character I understand why some people like that character but you know just visually he's cool looking even with the black oh, yeah. wing and all that even though he looks kind of like he could be a part of like a like a Japanese goth metal band of some kind, but still, he's just something about the character. I understand why people like him. Yeah, these guys—they're just so. Maybe it's just because how immature they are, and they even the director even said, like in interviews, he wanted them to be kind of immature and kind of like children. And he said, "Well, I think they're supposed to be like they were in a sense just born, so they don't have like all this like life experience yet." Which still, fuck them, they're annoying. <laughs> and like the, each one of them, you could see which one's supposed to be. Kadage is meant to be um, cruelty. Uh, Laws is meant to be strength. And then the other one, I don't remember his name, is Allure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the, I, all the qualities of Sephiroth. Yeah, I, I could see that there. And, you know, why the characters are the way they are. But I don't know. That is the thing is it focuses on those characters and it focuses too much on that little fucking kid. It was mm-hmm. like, I got a, you know, a disease and everything like that. And in the complete version, they had even more scenes of that kid in there. I heard that kind of gives them a little bit more reason. I like, I, I just went online and looked up some of the, as many of the extra scenes from the director's cut as I could. The thing is, I was looking at it on my, this is going to seem like, why are you telling me this? But just give you, bear with me here. There is a, I was looking at it on my phone and, you know, Final Fantasy Advent, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children Complete it's a lot to jam onto a small screen on, on your YouTube app on your phone. So you're flipping through it like, that looks like one. What? Oh, no, another uh, fan-made music video with Breaking Benjamin. Okay, no, scrolling <laughs> down. Let's see, got this? 
no, another fan-made music video with Linkin Park. Never mind, going down, you know. So it was kind of hard. I had to really, like, go through a lot. Now I'm just going to be getting fan-made music videos on my recommended for you thing for, like, next three months. Yeah, exactly. But I think, you know, also the other thing, too, is I feel some of the other characters barely get a whole lot of screen time. You know, like Sid, Yuffie, uh, Barrett even. Like, all these characters that were such big... I mean, I guess, you know... Yuffie being kind of a smaller character. But still, these big characters of the game, they only really have, you know, maybe like 10 or 15 lines each. Red you know, 13? Vince, yeah, Red 13 barely gets anything. Um, Kate's, well, that's fine. You know, if Kate's it wasn't even in it, that'd be okay. <laughs> well, like, Kate's, if I was like one of those things, like, even like, I think the creators were like, how are we going to do this? Well, what? All right, well, it's a fucking cat that rides this giant pink thing. I know it's fantasy, it's in the title, but... How the fuck are we going to make that look cool? Oh, let's just make him ride the dog thing. Really? Yeah, fuck it. Do you want to well, render that? Was... No, I don't want to render it either. Yeah, fuck it. He'll ride the dog thing. Yeah, you you got to throw that character in there just for those handful of people that actually like Kate Sith quite a bit. But I'll be honest. Yeah. I mean, Kate Sith was one of those characters. I didn't really like fucking hate him the way everybody else does. He's not really my character. He's, he's probably my least favorite character of that whole group. But he... um. And this, given how little he talks, he's not that annoying, you know? It's like, no, he, he's a little it, cat in a crown? Oh, that's kind of cute. But I guess when he's bumbling around on a giant, like, you know, ro pink robot thing, it's like, oh, fuck that thing. Was it a robot or was it, what was it? Yeah, it, it was a robot. Because he, he, Well, Kate Sif was actually a robot, too, because he was, like, controlling it from the Shinra control area. So he wasn't even actually there. Oh, Kate Sif was never actually there. He was He was just a, so the, so the cat is even a robot itself. Yeah, that's why he sacrifices himself at, like... It's one of, like, the best lines. In, well, it's only the best lines if you change his name to, like, something stupid. But, <laughs> like, I think it was, like, me and Cisco would always call him something like Asswipe or something like that. So it's, like, there's this part where he's, like, I'm going to sacrifice myself. Remember me when another Asswipe comes around. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of, like, it's a, I don't hate Kate Sif, but it, there's always, like, in Final Fantasy, there's mostly always about one or so characters. It's kind of, like, why the fuck is this character here? Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, do we really need that? It's like, I remember in uh, fucking Final Fantasy IX, there's uh, Quinoa or whatever the fuck that character was called. It's kind of just like, I'm fat and I eat. Yay! And it's like, okay. Uh, why? why yay! Snacks! So I love snacks! And it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, shut the fuck up. <laughs> why are you even here with us? <laughs> and, then they, and then since it's Final Fantasy IX, they, like, forced you to play as her. It's like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I think, and I, wait. I think every RPG just kind of has that one character, no matter what it is. I think of an RPG where there wasn't that one character. You're like, oh, eight, fuck. Eight it. doesn't have that one. That's like the nice thing about eight is eight has like all six of the main characters are all good. Okay, never mind then. All right. <laughs> I guess I'm just thinking in general. There's always that one character, but maybe, Actually, I don't know. I, I haven't really There's played. other ones. Chrono Trigger doesn't have a bad character in it. Um, what about, isn't the uh, Chrono Trigger, Chrono Trigger? Chrono Trigger uh, Super Nintendo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to go down the list of those characters. There's Actually, Chrono. I never, I never played Chrono Trigger. I just always seen the like uh, Akira Toriyama artwork for it, so never mind. I really can't speak on this. I was just trying to, I don't know. Here I am, just trying to be subjective. Like, oh, never mind. Fuck it. But yeah, but um, I think that's kind of thing. In Advent Children, the downfall is you don't get a whole. I mean, you get a lot of Cloud. You know, you get a little bit of Tifa. You get a little bit of Sethroth. A little but bit more Reno and Rude than you thought you would get. Yeah, more Reno and Rude than you ever thought you'd want, and then. Yeah, my God, you get more Rufus than you get, like, all the other characters. I think that's just kind of the thing, is I wish they would have utilized 
you know, more than just like that kind of ending part, like, come on, Sid, Yuffie, Vincent. Well, Vincent gets a little bit more than I guess the average side character does, but I think that's kind of the downfalls. It's missing that sort of thing. It's like, this is who we're here for. We're here for these characters. And you want to show me a bunch of brand new characters that I could kind of give a flying fuck about? Well, I get if you got, like, you want to, here's the thing, I guess. I get if you want to show some new characters. It's just all three of these new characters suck, and they take up so much screen time. Well, here's the thing, too, is, like, you you could still have those three characters, but, like, why don't you have, like, okay, Cloud's fighting the main one right now who turns into, like, Sethroth, and then the other two, you know, they come back later on, but they should have just came back, and it's like, okay, Sid and Yuffie's fighting this one, Tifa and Barrett's Like, Barrett's they attack the, the ship or something. Like, while, yeah, like, while Cloud's like, fighting that, they bust in the ship. Yeah, And two so, of them, yeah. So, and yeah, and then they're, they're all like, it takes like, you know, two of them or so to fight one. And like, I think that would have been kind of cool just to at least get more screen time for these other characters. Cause yeah, you know, cause the whole point you play through Final Fantasy, you know, and like, okay, Cloud's always your main character. Cause you generally can't go without him except for on certain parts. But in a sense, you know, you pick these other two people to be like, okay, who's you know, the people I like the most, you know, and my favorite character of all time from Final Fantasy seven is Sid, you know, so you know, he's cool in the movie for all of his, like, five minutes of glory, but you kind of wish he was in there more. And, you know, it's just, to me, it's like, at my Final Fantasy VII experience, Sid was there the whole time. Why is he not here the whole time? You know, or why is Yuffie not there the whole time? Or Barrett, or all these other people? Yeah, it is one of those things where even when I first saw it, I was kind of waiting for them to come in. And when I remember when, like, I first watched it with the class, everybody in the classroom, once, like, Barrett came in, the whole class cheered, like, yeah! You know, then like fucking Sid and Yuffie jump in and then Red 13 and Kate Sith. I'm pretty sure they're just cheering for Red 13, but they all just jump in. They all start fighting. And then like, people are like, yeah, and like, what's their scene? They all just take a couple of shots at Bahamut and that's that. Yeah. And then you guys see him talking on the uh, on the ship and we're good. Yeah, I know. It's kind of a bummer there. And I think the other thing, too, is you know what would make a you know what? Even though this, this movie's still cool for what it is. And I know this kind of I was like, you know what it should be. But I almost feel like what a movie like this needed, and maybe this is all due to like CG budget or something like that. We're like, we, we fucking made Midgo. We're not going to make anything else. But I feel like that. And I didn't think, even think about the time. That's probably the thing. We, do you realize how much we spent on making this whole like background? We're going to use that fucking background as many spots as possible. But, it, you know, it, it's missing the journey. You know what I mean? I think that's the that's the main thing of Final Fantasy. Like when you think about Final Fantasy at the end of the day, what the fuck is it? You're on this humongous adventure. And what is Final Fantasy having children? Well, other than Midgar, they only go to like one other area in the entire thing, and the Shinra that's... building, and then like well, that's uh, in Midgar though. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And then, no, they they go to the woods area. The woods area, where, which that's is not... where Ares Air, Air, died, right? No, it's not where she died, but that's kind of um, or yeah, I guess that is. It leads up to where she died at. So that area is like the only other area. But almost if that movie would have kind of had like you know showed a couple other areas, maybe even started off more as like an adventure piece, like maybe Cloud was out like. He was out on his motorcycle, but maybe he was at different places. You know, maybe even he stopped by Gold Saucer or he stopped by Wu Tai or something like that, you know, and showed some more. I, once again, I, I know it's Captain Hindsight here, but. Well, I do feel like this movie starts off of just kind of like, whoa, is that the Shinrish copter? Oh, what? You know, then you really, I think for like people who haven't seen these characters in a while, there's an initial like, whoa, wait, what? And then you see like, you know, Rufus and shit. You see Rufus and Rude and then some dude in a wheelchair. Because remember, that was a big lot of speculation because the movie came up. You're like, who's this motherfucker in the wheelchair? And a lot of people assumed it was Sephiroth and he was weak. Yeah. And, and then it turns out to be Rufus Shinra. And people are like, oh, what the fuck? And then like people, you know, I remember it kind of has this big buildup 
And it just kind of stays, though. That's the thing. It just kind of stays in Midgar. And you're like, oh, man, when they actually leave, I guess, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be as long. I knew it was going to be some big three-hour movie. But it almost seems like like maybe 30 more minutes of going other places or focusing on other characters might have helped. I know, like you said, that's Captain Hindsight. But, yeah. And it's one of those ones, because I'll say this. In Final Fantasy VII, Midgar is kind of like my least favorite place in the game. Like, I like, actually, once you get out of Midgar and you get to go to everything else. Because, I don't know. When I was a kid and you played Midgard, it seemed like the biggest fucking place known to mankind. Like, I actually didn't think the game would go outside of that area. Then when you finally get outside, you're like, oh, fuck, Midgard's just a tiny thing. And that's mm-hmm. actually kind of cool. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, man, you know, Midgard's kind of depressing and slummy and, you know, fuck. Let me, let me go out here and, like, race some chocobos and fucking, like, kill some giant snakes and shit. Earlier we were talking about kind of, like, how this, along with, like, Kingdom Hearts, kind of put, like, Square Enix on a certain path for making Final Fantasy games for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we always talked about how this seemed very kind of emo. Here's a little thing I didn't know about. So they actually put out various like sound. They put out like the main soundtrack, and then like I guess there's a Japanese soundtrack with a bunch of Japanese rock and pop songs on it. Mm-hmm. One of them, I guess, is this really big uh, Japanese rock and roll artist name uh kaiosuke uh himuru i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing his name right but on one of his songs he brought a certain person on the song's called safe and sound i looked at the music video and he brought gerard way from my chemical romance on and that's part of the soundtrack for the japanese version maybe it's somewhere in the complete version but um yeah i I don't remember that that. so it, it all actually literally comes linking together because it's like, you look at Final Fantasy VII, or the Advent Children, and Seven never really comes across. Because when I look at the character designs in Seven and everything like that, that one has a completely different look, almost, than Advent Children does. I mean, not saying the Advent Children one's bad, but the Seven characters look kind of a little bit more, you know, they're 90s. They look more like, almost cyberpunky, which that's kind of what it's going for. Where, actually, Advent Children feels like it has this completely, yeah, like, almost like this emo look. And it was right at, like, the... You know, emo just kind of like burst out. You know, probably, you know, emo's around in the late 90s to early 2000s. Nobody fucking knew about it unless you're in New Jersey. And then all of a sudden, you know, by about 2003 or so, it started. You started hearing these bands. You didn't know what to call them. Because I remember when the word emo first came out, you're like, what the fuck is that? And somebody's like, it's pretty much like grunge, which is like the worst. Like at the end of the day, yeah. later on, you're like, no, it's not. But I think it was just people that didn't like grunge were like, yeah, it's just a bunch of, it's the second group of whiny bitches, you know? <laughs> Where I think it's one of the, well, the thing about it, this, movie is cloud spends more time so, like in a very somber in a very somber way staring off into the horizon like i failed to everybody what's the point of forgiveness when there's no one left to forgive you you know so it's like this really just like so like so angsty so pre-teeny kind of like it's a good thing the action's there don't be wrong it's not that the story is so bad it's just you know, it's it's hard, and I feel kind of bad because usually whenever we want to do a retrospect, we want to. It's something we're really passionate about, we really like. And I'm not trying to kick this thing down, you know, but because this thing, if you like Final Fantasy, I'm gonna say check it out. It's enjoyable. Oh um, yeah, it's just something. I don't know. I guess it's just more of a just a critique more than anything else. I guess. And this movie that it just really said a lot of weird ways. Plus, you got like you know everybody's like you know how the how the bad guys look. The three the three brothers. They all tight black leather trench coats that look more like i don't know just the way kadaj moves i'm just like, like a woman i want to punch him in the fucking face and that's like it's not like get over here girly boy it's just one of those things he just like <laughs> combined with how like 
I am so evil and so dark and so depressed. You know, I'm just like, I'm, I can't. I'm looking for my mother. I'm looking for, where is mother? It's just like, oh my God. Just She I'm, didn't make me a peanut butter sandwich today. I'm so pissy. <laughs> Dear diary. Dear diary, mother Cloud was being such a bitch. <laughs> he was being such a bitch. Mother I just wanted to like Jigova. hang out with him and like, you know, like, cut our wrists together and stab some like dolls but no he had to go off and hang out with a woman (laughs) then we try to go hang out with a bunch of kids i'm lonely i try to bring all the kids to come hang out with me in the forbidden woods i know it sounds bad because the name sounds gay and everything i mean like i know we we were skinny dipping but there's nothing gay about we didn't touch dicks come on no they just kind of just drank the water that like black piss because my heart's black so my piss is black too but like it's one of those things like i just can't take this little whiny bitch seriously and he's like seriously one of the lamest fucking villains like um it's like uh you know i mean i i'll give the movie credit in other aspects i mean in some ways i'm watching the older version and in some ways, it like it, it's kind of crazy when you look at something that's made to try and look really realistic. I mean, it's not made to look super realistic, but um, fairly realistic, more realistic than your average Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy how much when you try to make someone look a little bit more realistic, how much it rapidly ages. Where if you have something that's a little bit more cartoony, um, it ages better you know what i mean well i will say on that blu-ray complete version that movie looks fucking amazing like it it's mind-blowingly like good and i look i look it's just like the you know in a sense you know if you're watching on dvd you're getting kind of like a 480p version i think just having that 1080 and then just have them go back and remaster and everything like that that in itself make you know is a fucking like animation like this it's like a crowning achievement i think as far as cg goes yeah, we know. I'm not trying to short sell it, but I'm saying like, because if you, I've I've seen the comparison. If you hold up the um, the uh, uh, complete, they, I even saw like a side by side comparison on multiple areas. Because they actually, the thing is, in the original version, when someone gets shot, when someone gets punched, that's it. They tumble around, they get hurt. The complete version, they actually bleed, their clothes get ripped, there's mud, there's dirt. It actually looks like a lot more realistic. And I even saw just in detail, it looked a lot better. It's one of those things, it looked really good when it came out, and it still looks good. It just, it's it's crazy how much this technology jumps in just a couple of years. Because that, the the Ultimate Edition came out like in what, like 2008, 2009? I think, I think in Japan it came out like in 2009, but I don't think it came out in the US till like 2011 or something like that. Hmm. You know, you know, you know how it always is slow for, for some reason the U.S. version. Now, the one thing it does make this is the kind of like this sort of like the the downfall of this movie. If you did not play Final Fantasy VII or have any idea of these characters, I think this movie's practically like impossible to like grasp. Because I, I, when I was watching, I was watching it with Laura, and since she really never played Final Fantasy VII, she had abs- I had to like explain a lot of things to her because, and I didn't really I didn't think of it because you know like I know what's going on. But it's kind of one of those ones, because this is the perfect example of a movie. In 2005, you would have shown your parents, be like, oh, check it out, so fucking awesome. And you, they would have sat down and been like, God, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, and it, realistically, I, I thought of, I started thinking about it. I'm like, God, this movie would make absolutely no sense to you, because it doesn't really explain anything. And it always keeps doing these weird flashbacks that, like, it's like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? Like, But if you play the game, you're like, oh, dude, check it out. Oh, fuck, look at Cloud just got stabbed there, and then he throws a sword off. Oh, fuck, dude, I remember that. And it's like, everybody else is like, no, I don't remember that. I don't think, I, 
How does he even fucking pull the sword out? Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Who the fuck is this Zack guy? Why is he here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, it's one of those things, like, I could see how... I, so here's the thing, actually. There was... Um, there was when we when we actually initially watched the, this movie in the uh, in the multimedia class, ninety five percent of the kids in the class were all up for it. The other there's a, ki- a couple of kids in the corner that we just called them. A lot of people I don't know if this channel is still around. We just called them the Fuse Kids, and basically <laughs> they were the, there's this there's like kind of like the alternative MTV called Fuse. I don't know if that channel is even still around. Yeah. And, I don't think it is. I think it went away a long time ago. These were kind of like your flat bill, like kind of like snowboarding kids in like, they weren't really into like, uh, they, they, were, they, they, they were, they were the post extreme sports kids, I guess you could say, or they still they, were. They weren't like Republican, Like they were like not Republican. I mean, uh, not, not flat bill, like redneck, but flat bill, that weird kind of like, like, uh, yeah, like you said, Post extreme well, sports. They were the skater kids. snowboard kids. Is really at the end of the day, that's what they were. BMX, anything that was extreme sports. But they had, a, but they didn't really have. I mean, at least they at least liked that style. I don't know if they actually did any of that because they all looked very like they didn't have any cuts. They always came in very nice, clean clothes from like Quicksilver or like Billabong, <laughs> like that kind of shit. Yeah, there's a couple of those guys in the class, and they're like, "This is fucking stupid." They're just like the like after Tifa beats uh, Laws, and they play the jingle da 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 na 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 na, and it's this ringtone. The whole class emits in ra- laughter. Like, what's so funny? It's just this fucking ringtone. <laughs> like, and then like other things like uh, what was it? Like, there's another part where um, oh, shit. What was it? It was like when Barrett comes in and the clout class He's like, yo, fool, here. what's going on, nigga? Yeah, he just says, yeah, verbatim. That's the words from the movie. No. But when he just comes in and almost and says that, um, those guys are like, what? It's just some big black dude. What's what's the big, who's that? You know, so it was one of those things. If he did not play the, no, he, he doesn't actually say that for verbatim, but it's close. But, um, well, see, see, this sounds like such a weird thing, but Barrett, like to all of us, that was like the first character you really got to see in a video game who was just swearing left and right. I just Shit feel was like, like every other word. Yeah, it's like I, I never saw that before in any other game. You know, like there might have been light swearing maybe in something, but this was the first time I was like, Cloud, you fucking idiot. Come on, we got to get this shit going before it goes out. Don't be a fucking moron, you fucking dumb shit. It's like, I love my daughter. Fuck <laughs> you, Cloud. <laughs> Why is your daughter like completely different color skin than you? Fuck you. Don't worry about it. I remember that was another one I had. I was like, oh, I had like she's like, oh, like Laura's watching. She's like, so is that Tifa's daughter? I'm like, I know it looks just like her, but no, it's the big black guy's daughter. I'm. Ass- I always assume maybe unless there's some little bit of backstory I never got. I assume that this is adopted daughter. Yeah, well, so, well, you know, it's in like Midgar, so you know he could have just found some chi- like child on the street that's like parents died or something like. He's that. like, hey, you want to work a bar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, no, I think that actually is because he has his actual daughter. It never, I don't think it ever says anything like, "Oh, it's her adopted daughter." I think it's just this weird Japanese. I just fantasy assume story that, because she's come, she's this pale like, white little girl and this like big little Asian black girl, just, and there's this big black guy. I just assumed maybe I don't know maybe that maybe that's where the fantasy aspect really comes in, you know. Which is always kind of funny because you know what you, you look at all the characters in there, and to me, anime characters always look Japanese. I know that back in the day, I remember people in America used to be like. You know, anime characters, that's just like what Japan thinks Americans look like. 
You know, so you know, I don't know what it is to me when I look at an anime character, unless they're black, they always look Japanese. You know, you even look at Cloud, it's like he's got blonde hair, green eyes, but he looks still he looks like he's Japanese. <laughs> if they if they're like CG or something like that and they look Japanese to me. It, it depends on what kind of character and what kind of animation. Like if it's the characters with this is going to sound really bad, but we know what I fucking mean. Uh, if if they have the characters with the really big eyes, then... I mean, I know it's Japanese style, but they don't really look super Japanese to me. It's usually... The hint-off to me is usually clothing or hair. That's usually the, the hint-off. And if it's something like, say, Psychopaths, I can tell they're supposed to be Japanese. You know? Well, if it's yeah, something I'll say like, this. Like, the only characters that maybe don't appear like that is... You know, okay, something like an Ed from uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Like, to me, that yeah, is... Yeah, they don't look Japanese. He, he doesn't feel Japanese. And it's weird. They can actually have literally the same type of eyes. It's not the, really necessarily the eyes. It's just certain looks to them. You know, I'll say this. Cloud in Final Fantasy VII, the game, doesn't look Japanese, really. But in the in the Advent Children, he looks really Japanese. Yeah, like, everybody... Most of the characters in Advent Children look Japanese. The only ones that don't look Japanese to me, really, Barrett. is probably uh, Barrett and Sid. Yeah, Sid doesn't look Japanese in that one too. He's like one of the for the few. five for the two close shots he actually has. And you know, actually, this sounds even weird because you feel Vincent actually doesn't look as much Japanese. He looks kind of more European, but maybe that's just because he's got that vampire look. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that um, was going to say like one. I mean, we already did a retrospect on this, but one where the characters actually look kind of like their ethnicity is Cowboy Bebop, just because. When um, Sp Spike, I mean, he looks like he could be a number of things, but he doesn't look too stereotypical on whatever he is supposed to be. But when they had like Mao Yenrai, who is that Chinese businessman, you can tell he's supposed to be Chinese, but he doesn't look like overly stereotypical, like someone would draw him or something. You know what I mean? Because even in anime, they have they do a bad job of making like black dudes look kind of stereotypical. They'll often give them like really big fucking lips or something like that, and just kind of cringe a little, like oh, just tone it back just a little bit just a little bit you know well speaking of cowboy bebop this movie's almost kind of a very cowboy bebop one anyways because barrett's played by the guy that plays jet and then you got steve blum voicing vincent, vincent. in the american version which and, i mean i guess at this time period this is like when like you know if you voice anime you're like one out of 50 people that did both video games and movies i mean they probably they all probably bumped at each other all the time like hey man what's up you know like i, I remember steve blum voiced um because this is one of my... Well, he's in, like, everything. It's, like, it's practically impossible to play or watch something where he's not at least somebody. Yeah, well, he was actually... I remember before I even watched Cowboy Bebop, I watched Rioni Kenshin. And he was the villain, Shishio, and his and his girlfriend... I don't remember the girlfriend's name in the show, but uh, his girlfriend was was voiced by uh, Wenda Lee, who voiced Faye. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... It, well, um, it's kind of funny how that is, too. It's just... And it's weird. It's like, even though that guy's probably the biggest fucking, like, voice actor of anime known to mankind, like, it blew me away at the anime con, like, how it's like, oh, my God, his his audience is bigger than even somebody like Bruce Campbell. That's fucking ridiculous. And, and at the same time, though, he you play so many video games and he's just like miscellaneous thug chucking grenade. And it's like, boy, he just takes any job still, which is kind of cool at the same time. But it's like, it just doesn't make a difference. It's not was, like he's like, no, I got to be the main character only. I was playing Arkham Knight the other day, and I was it's, like, oh, there he is several thug. times. <laughs> yeah, miscellaneous thug. Or I was playing Uncharted on PSP Vita. Miscellaneous guy chucking grenade at you. Mm -hmm. But okay, now I want to go into Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. This is the thing that this movie actually, I feel this movie more than anything else is almost like what changed RPGs. 
because after this movie, in a sense, before this, you know, RPGs were turn-based. You know, it was just kind of like you stood there, you pressed attack, you pressed magic, you pressed summon, and then you just kind of went back and forth on your turns and fought, which the people that loved RPGs loved that. Anybody who didn't like RPGs, they always be like, why the fuck are they just standing there? Like, why don't they just run over and just, like, beat the shit out of them? Like, I don't get that. Mm-hmm. And then after this, it was like, they kind of like, well, like, we can't just have them just stand there smacking each other. So we just, we invented this kind of, like, you know, almost, like, taking, like, wire foo samurai stuff and just expanding it really far and making them fighting all over the place and having these crazy dragon ball z almost like battles and from that point on it felt like in the rpgs like for at least the big games it was like oh fuck we can't just have them slapping dicks anymore they gotta like we we gotta have them you know run around and hit things and that's where almost like the run around rpg kind of came from now i know that's in america it's been around for longer than that but as far as japanese games go because after this it's like okay before here, you had 10 and 10-2, which were like the last turn-based ones. But then 13, or not 13, but uh, 12 came out. And that one, or I guess you could say 11 came out, and it was like a MMO. World Warcraft yeah, MMO one. And then 12 came out, and it was a runaround RPG. And I remember because when I saw that John Bumgarner's house played, I was like, fuck it, not buying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't want to run around, you know. And I remember they also had a little bit later, they had the Crisis Core one. And it was a runaround one, and it was like a single RPG, but that game was one of those ones I felt like, that was literally the example of like, no, you're more here to play this for the um, the story, because the story in Crisis Core was amazing, and the CG cutscenes were fantastic. The gameplay was okay, it would have been ten times better if it was just a traditional RPG, but whatever, you kind of put up with it just to kind of play it. And from this point on, we just kind of continuously had the runaround RPGs, no more turn-based, they always had to be fighting, and to me... I always felt that felt like a weak game to me, you know, like the, all the games that I've tried out, like, you know, I've tried a couple of them. I remember the last story I thought was going to be really cool because it was by the original Final Fantasy creator, which is another example, too, is he created one through nine. And then I think he was, he was like executive producer on 10, 10, two, and I think even Advent Show and things like that. But I think it was kind of the point where he's like, fuck it. I'm out. I'm out of here. Just like here. Here's two million dollars. Put it towards the movie. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Put my slap well, my name up there. <laughs> call it a good. Because I noticed that like after that, you can really see the shift of like without that guy, you know, the RPG almost changed a lot. You know, and then he went off. He did a game called Lost Odyssey for Xbox 360, which was kind of it was more it was turn based. It was a big game, all this stuff. Sadly enough, it was kind of it was, went too old where like, oh, this character is a magician and no matter what, they're never ever gonna attack more than like a hundred damage. Oh, I fucking hate that style. So it's like they kind of like he went too far back almost. And then he remember he released one called Last Story. And I was like, oh, this looks fucking badass. It looks like Final Fantasy VIII and everything like that. And I remember getting the game and playing it for like two hours and just going, God, the runaround RPG. The downfall, too, is it just feels like the shitty fucking Ninja Gaiden game. Like it looks like it should play like Ninja Gaiden, but it just plays like a shitty version of Ninja Gaiden. And that, to me, is, like, why it's just, like, no, there's a reason why it should be turn-based, because that makes up for, like, I don't know what it is. There's something really fun about turn-based. Now, I know that to a younger audience, they probably have no idea, because they probably barely played any turn-based. Maybe Pokemon's their only thing. But I really, if you trace it back, Avid Children is where it all starts. Well, I think that it's a couple of things. Um, 
to go to Pokemon real quick, just for a second, I think the thing about Pokemon is it's simple enough. And I think the, the one of the biggest things about Pokemon is the hunt form. I think going out and looking for the characters is almost the bigger thing of that game. I mean, battling's fun too, but it's more of the finding the characters. So I think that's what kind of saves that and why that's maybe, maybe that's why that's still turn-based. Plus mm-hmm. Nintendo's kind of like, it works. It works, right? All right. Yeah. We're fucking doing that then. Cause they have, a, they have a, they have trouble kind of changing their ways on a lot of things. But, um, I think that something, I mean, this is totally Captain Hindsight right here, but my thing, my caveat to the, because, you know, it, it is one of those things where it goes from characters standing in place at all times to suddenly doing these crazy Dragon Ball Z backflips and going all over the place, fighting a million different places at once. I feel like um, to still keep it turn-based, because my thing is, like, I always assumed there's some cool battle going on. It's just translated into the game is just like these guys, just a turn-based battle. I, I always thought what would have been kind of cool. And this is coming from someone who is not a programmer and not a game designer. So I don't know. I know this would probably take a lot more effort, but to maybe have like some kind of like couple of animations in a loop of the characters fighting with no actual attacks landing. And then when you choose your attack and you do the turn-based thing, that's where they actually land. So this almost sounds like, like, like an almost, animation loop of the character. No, no, yeah, it sounds kind of like almost a what the fuck dragon. I'm sure there are games that do it. I know there are games that do it. I'm sure, but I mean, because no, I don't think there's games that do it like the way you're thinking. But uh, like I'm thinking of almost like a fucking what's that game? Dragon, not Dragon Quest, but fucking the one where it's done by um. Is the Kira Toriyama's art design? No, or? it's an American or it's an Irish guy. Uh, fucking Don Bluth. Oh, fuck. oh that dude. Yeah, Fable. We're, well, no, Fable. No, Fable's, no not Fable. Uh, yeah, it, it's in the '80s. Um, well, whatever. Okay. But that's what it sort of sounds like there. Or you know, what's the thing you could do is you could have still the turn base like thing, but like let's say like instead of just doing regular attacks, maybe you could just up the animation in there. Which you know, there's some fucking programmer going fuck you. I know. Well, I've seen some of like the the finishing moves. I mean, I've seen little cutscenes here and there of like crazy finishing moves. Uh, in like Final Fantasy, like in 13 and all that. My thing is just, I think it would just be, it would just make it more visually interesting and not just like, it's kind of like what you said. It's like the game doesn't kill it for me, but it's like this weird kind of like run away, get up your magic, run back, whack the guy. You get hit a few times, run away, use a Phoenix down, whatever, go back, start hitting the guy again. I don't know. I just to get to keep the turn-based thing going, but still keep it visually interesting. Just have some animation on a loop of people battling and then yeah. when you actually do your attack, that's where you see the damage happening. You know, that's just, I don't know, I'm sure I'm not the only one to have pitched that, but whatever. Well, you know, it's like one of those ones, like there was that Tokyo Mirage session, which was the game that was came out on Wii U not too long ago. That to me was like, oh, fuck, they finally went back and did a full-on turn-based RPG, you know, with good graphics and everything like that. And it's just amazing how those games are so hard to find. Now, you can always find them on 3DS and PSP Vita and things like that. But that to me, it's like, well, that's like playing. That's like going back to PS2 and farther. It's like that. It's cool. I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with the games, but it's not. It doesn't feel like I'm playing something new. You know what I mean? Yeah. It more feels like, oh, you remember 1997? Yeah, 97 was great. Well, here's a game that's like 1997. Oh, okay. That's. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mostly fall into those traps, anyways. I end up buying every single game that looks like fucking 1997. But anything still. nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, like you know, sometimes it leads you down, and you get stupid fucking like indie games off PS4. But you know. At the other times, then you get things like fucking Shovel Knight or Gunvolt or, you know, um, what was the one, the Mexican one? Um, fucking Guacamelee. Yeah, Guacamelee. Then you get really sweet games like that. So 
you know, and actually when I was watching Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, it was that kind of one where it's kind of like, fuck. Like, this is what games, you know, you look at the graphics like this and it's like, man, just, you know, Final Fantasy was always the game that, you know, you played Final Fantasy VII. And whenever they showed the CG cutscenes, you were like, oh, fuck. If the game could just look like that the whole time, that would fucking be the shit. And then Final Fantasy VIII came out and their cutscenes were even better. And you're like, oh, fuck. If this is what PS2 looks like, it will be amazing. And then I remember Final Fantasy X came out and it actually looked pretty darn close. And then they had their cutscenes that were like fucking more phenomenal, and you're like, oh fuck! If the next game could look like this, that'd be sweet. And then when you're watching Final Fantasy, you haven't shown with the complete one, you know, even though like game, you know, that you know movie's like what, like six years old by now, the, like the remastered version, mm-hmm. but it still is like one of ones like, man, if the game could just look like that the whole time, that would be so fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of ones going with Final Fantasy Advent Children. You look at the graphics in this, and it's like you just can't wait to see. A game even still look like this because no matter what at the end of the day there's just these cutscenes, or it's like I, you know i was saying like the halo 2 ones for the remaster version like imagine a game that just looked like that the whole time you know we're, we're every every single time we're getting closer we're getting closer every single year but there are always where, is like you just can't wait to see it you know where do you stand on because the main reason we're doing this in the first place is because 15 comes out this week uh yeah, where do you stand week, on uh, final fantasy 15 oh i thought it was this week uh where do you stand on final fantasy 15 then is this the one you give a shot you know what i thought about it you know when i was watching advent children it was kind of like fuck man final fantasy this looks fucking awesome i thought about it and then i went online and i was like okay i looked and then i saw the special edition version this sounds like such a goofy thing but the special edition version had the artwork from like the person that did it like on four five and six, you know, like those kind of like, they almost look like colored pencil. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're not like perfect. They don't look like they're like finished drawings, but that almost makes them look kind of cool. I think they stopped using mm-hmm. them on about, I know eight doesn't have it. And I think seven doesn't have it either, but um, it had that kind of cover. And I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> I know it sounds like such a goofy thing, but, Member! but that, that totally put me over the edge. And I was like, you know what? I think it's just time if I just go into the game accepting that it's it's not turn based. But the thing at least about Final Fantasy 15 is like, okay, it looks cool. The graphics look really good. I mean, they've been working on this game for like 10 years. So it's not just like a let's get this fucking shit out. It doesn't look like a Resident Evil fucking 7 thing where it's just like they're really shooting for a completely different audience. This one just feels like, okay, yeah, we don't have the turn based thing, but here's the thing, you fucking old man. You're not 10 to 20 years old anymore. You know, it's a different time. So I'm like, okay, I'll accept it. I'll, 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 I'll go hang out with the fucking 15 year olds again and see what they're doing. So let's let's see let's see what this is all about. Like, I'm gonna give it a shot. So I put a pre order down on it. All right, I'm kind of surprised. I was wondering. I, I was surprised too. And you know what I mean? It's just one of those ones where, you know, I'll just give it a shot. What's the worst thing? If if I don't like it, I don't like it. Big whoop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it is one of those things. Plus, they're all. This is also they. They finally did their hail mary. They finally they're doing Final Fantasy VII the remake. Now, maybe you could tell me about this because I, I was a little confused. Is the Final Fantasy VII remake a full tilt game, or is it that episodic bullshit? I've heard both things. Some people have told me that it is some stupid episodic thing, which I'm like, God. The, the downfall is that makes your it's like fuck you make a full game. Well, make here's the thing: episodic things are great for small companies. You know, companies that go fuck. We got let's say we got one million dollars. We can make you a five-hour section of our game, and then we'll come back and we'll do more as you know once we get more money. I get that. When you're a big company, 
I just feel, one, it just makes it look like you're cheap. Here's a perfect example of a game that actually is a full-on fucking amazing game, but I think got fucked over because they made it episodic, was Resident Evil Revelations 2. That's the game that whenever anybody goes, I don't fucking like Resident Evil anymore. Why don't they go back to 4? And if anybody ever tells me that, I go, well, try Revelations 2. That game is pretty much what you want. It plays extremely good. It's got a lot of horror stuff in it. The zombies don't have fucking guns anymore. All these things like that, but they released it in that episodic form, and they sold it for 40 bucks, which I also thought was selling themselves short. That game could have just been a $60 game, but I think by doing the episodic thing and then charging only $40 for the game, it made the game just not look like it was a re- legitimate game. You know what I mean? Though it totally mm-hmm. was, it just, I think people kind of went, oh, that must be some like half, half ass spinoff. And it's like, no, it's a full on, it's like a total serious, more of a serious game than Resident Evil 7 is that's coming out. But it kind of got pushed to the side because of that. And now Final Fantasy VII, now that's a little bit bigger deal. I guess, you know, that'd be equivalent of like making like, we're going to do the Resident Evil 2 remake, but it's going to be episodic. I don't know. It's just, I remember when that trailer came out and you just look at the gameplay and it's like, okay, I get it. They're making it for the 10 to 20 year old audience. But I feel like if you're going to do a remake, might as well still keep it in like the same thing. You know what I mean? It's like, at least keep it turn-based. I can understand 15 not being turn-based, whatever. But for seven, it's kind of like, I mean, clearly, do they not want their original audience to keep playing or do they want it's 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 a well, I'll say it. The thing that turns me more off than that is the fact that it's episodic because it's like they're a big enough company and making it seem episodic seems almost kind of like they don't care as much about it. I don't know. Well, it plus, that way to me. Square, I'll say Square is a bigger company than Capcom nowadays. So it's like. There is no excuse there because it's like, you know, Square eats up other... It's like that's the Japanese company that eats up, like, fucking European and American companies, too. You know, Capcom... Are they becoming like the... Are they becoming like the Japanese EA? They kind of are because, you know, it's like Tomb Raider is a Square game nowadays. Isn't that fucking weird? It is, yeah. You know, Hitman is a Square game nowadays. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's like they, they kind of are like, yeah, they eat things up where Capcom fucking like falls farther. Like Sephiroth sucking in the, the live stream. Yeah, exactly. To bring it back around. Well, you know who they, because I think they actually even own Soul Reaver. So they literally have found the guy that sucks <laughs> up the live streams. Oh, Jesus. But um, I just, they must own it because they got Edios. Yeah, they got Edios because that's Tomb Raider. Um, So they must have Soul Reaver, though. I don't know what they're going to do with Soul Reaver. No one, they haven't done what they try to do kind of like a Devil May Cry style Soul Reaver. Like, so this is the game where you play as both Kane and Soul Reaver. And like, what do you do with it? Oh, no one really played it. No one gave a shit. Uh, we'll, we'll figure well, out. Well, sadly enough, there's always a lot of those games. That I just don't feel like they make it from generation to generation. You know what I mean? Like Soul Reaver was like amazing on PlayStation 1. And then they had Soul Reaver like on PS2 and it did like, okay. But you could tell that it just like sort of lost its audience somehow, some way. You know, and then they did Legacy of Kane 2, and I know that they all got good reviews, but I just, for some reason, some games just don't translate to the next generation nearly as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my whole thing with, like, playing Legacy of Kane was kind of like, I know this guy becomes the bad guy, and he, like, rips off, like, Raziel, Raziel's wings layered on the line. What am I playing as this fucker? But whatever, people like this, you know. I, I guess I, I only played Soul Reaver. I never played Legacy of Kane. Because technically that, Legacy of Kane, that's the, that's the original one. Because there was like in 96, there was Legacy of Kane. Then there was Soul Reaver. Then there was Legacy of Kane 2 and Soul Reaver 2. And then the one where they were together. And then that was the end of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was kind of, because I knew that, I knew that Legacy of Kane came first. My thing was just like, you know, like that this, I don't know. I guess it just seemed kind of weird. Like, 
But that got me. He was probably always a bad guy. He probably never was a good guy. So maybe it just fits the character. But whatever. It always seems kind of weird. Like, you know that guy you played as in the last one? Yeah, he's a bad guy now. It always just seems weird whenever a video game does that. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, okay. Well, that was like, this sounds like such a weird one. It's like, on the um, Army of Two, like on the third one, like one, like one of your main characters, like one of your guys, like, oh, yeah, it's like, this is our good buddy. It's like, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, he fucking went rogue and he's crazy now. It's, it was kind of weird. I was like, what? It's like, but we've been through so much together. I don't even mean like a side character, like oh my buddy. Went no, no, bad this was like he... the this was literally one of the two main characters. Oh, he went like evil. It, it was pretty much you're playing as these two new guys in the third one, and the one like the one of the main characters was like, we got to go hunt down our, my buddy. He's gone fucking rogue, and it was kind of like what? <laughs> which one was it? Was it the one that voiced Titus's brother that went rogue? Or was I think it was the, that one. Like... Was the one that went rogue? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, because it wasn't the big brooding guy. It was more like the, the funnier, smaller guy. Oh, okay. Which is kind of a bummer. I was like, what the heck? But and obviously so one of them, boy, I was, that threw me off when I found out one of them was the, vo- was the guy that played Titus's brother in Titus. <laughs> I know he does a lot of voice acting. Mm-hmm. He was also the bully in uh, Christmas Story. Oh, yeah, you said that. So and the guy that gets killed by Scorponaut in Scorpion. In, 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 in uh, Transformers. Scorpion. Yeah, that's right. But, um... Well, Final Fun Fantasy, facts. yeah, fun, fun, totally related fact to Final Fantasy Seven, yeah, yeah, Final Fantasy Seven Advent Children. At the end of the day, I still think this is one of these like big groundbreaking movies. Even if it's not the, even if it's not a perfect movie, it is still like as far as video game movies go, this is will always be a big deal. I think in the history books of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And as time goes on, hopefully, you know. I, I think if they would have give if they'd give another shot to another Final Fantasy VII CG movie, they they would only get better because they could only just kind of learn how to do these things even you know dial them in even more. Now the the weird thing about like sometimes a CG movie to like a two D anime movie is I don't know what it is. Lots of times the two D anime movies always play better than sometimes the CG things do. Because do you remember those Resident Evil CG ones that came out? There was like one and two. Yeah, yeah. It was like Degeneration, Resident Evil, fucking, I don't know what else. Well, it seems like the CG movies are ma- definitely made more for, like, you like even, like, they, they, there's, like, a Tekken. There's, like, two one or two Tekken ones. Those seem like they're kind of made for, like, this is strictly for the audience who knows all these characters and all their backstories. Where in anime, it seems to be a little bit more, like, open, like, to whoever kind of jumps in. Well, it's like, okay, perfect example, you could take Street Fighter Two, the movie... And you don't, you'd never have to even play Street Fighter once, and you would totally get how that, who all these characters are and how it kind of plays out. I mean, some of them you'd be like, who the fuck is that Thunderhawk guy in the background? Well, whatever, that doesn't make a difference. He's not, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? But for the most part, all the main characters kind of, you know, you understand who they are. But, well, the Resident Evil ones, those are the kind of ones, too, like, that actually feels the exact opposite, because it feels like it's almost like the dumbed-down version, like, almost if you didn't play any Resident Evil here's a way that we can sort of get you into it. And I remember when that movie came out, I was like so fucking excited. I was like, oh my God, fucking Resident Evil. Those were the CG ones that came out. And when they first came out, the first couple times I watched it, I felt like I sort of lied to myself saying, hey, this movie's way better than it really is. When in all honesty, it was just kind of a half-assed movie. And sometimes I don't know if that's like, you know, you feel like, how can you screw this up? You guys are the guys that made the game. You know what I mean? Like, you know these stories better than anybody else should. Like, why is this story just, like, okay? And it's, like, you know, like, I don't know why it is, but sometimes CG movies I, I have a tendency not to be nearly as good as if they did a fucking just straight-up 2D movie. hmm Yeah. You know, it's kind of weird. Where Advent Children, on the other hand, I feel it still captures Final Fantasy, I think, well. Yes, the movie could be better, 
You know, it'd be nice if there was a little bit more adventure and maybe some of the characters were a little bit more menacing. But, you know, for its time period, it really defines that 2005 period really well. And, you know, whether or not that's a good thing for RPGs from that point on, if that kind of maybe ruined them or made them better, give or take on who you are. It's an interesting look. I mean, here's it's definitely a time capsule. Well, actually, we didn't mention this, but the Dissidia Final Fantasy games that came out afterwards, like literally like their gameplay style was pretty much Advent Children. Mm -hmm. Because you just kind of flew around in space and you just like would, you know, slap swords together and fight until the end. And it was an okay game, but, you know, it was totally like trying to like make that a battle system and everything like that. Played kind of like Zone of the Enders. Yeah, exactly. That's I guess that's probably the best way to describe it. But that's what it felt like. It was like, oh, fuck, like this isn't like a regular RPG. This is, you know, I thought it'd be more like a regular fighting game. I was like, oh, it's a little bit different, but whatever. But the legacy of Final Fantasy Avid Children is interesting. And we'll see where Final Fantasy 15 goes and Final Fantasy 7 remake and all this other stuff. You know, it's, it's going to come out and, you know, whether or not it's what people want or I don't know. It's, it's an interesting one. Because you're going to have the old fans versus the new fans. You're going to have old man gamers going, I remember the 90s! With all the kids going, fuck you and your turn-based, you fucking faggot. Why don't you go play your Pokemon games? Well, I am going to go play Pokemon. Yeah, we knew you were going to fucking play Pokemon, you fucking <laughs> pussy. It's like, stop making fun of me! i got to catch them all. That's all I know. It, are you like the old homeless guy in Clockwork Orange that Alex and the Droogs all just start like, beating up on? Don't break my DS! Don't break my 3DS! <laughs> I can't stand it when I hear some old timer singing songs of yesteryear. Like, gotta catch them all, Pokemon. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, what's what we knew? It's all we heard. So, like, yeah, well, we got Yokei Watch, you fuck. <laughs> I don't even want to look it up. I know, I know I've seen things for it. I don't even want to know. I don't want to it's, know. It's actually made by Nintendo. It's like Nintendo's like, you know what? We'll fucking corner the market that's going to compete with Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> So you know what? If you, you, you'll get those kids in school like, yo, can't watch it so much fucking better than Pokemon. It's like Nintendo's like, yes, keep on saying that because no matter what, I got both of you. Got both of you. <laughs> the, the evil drunk Batman of Japanese people. But yeah, that's a good place to wrap it all up at. At least we're able to do a retrospect going back in time with good old Final Fantasy Advent Children. If you have never seen this movie and you have never played Final Fantasy VII... You probably shouldn't watch the movie because it might be really fucking confusing. Though the guy on IMDb <laughs> says you don't need to watch the movie, play the game without watching the movie, it is a little bit confusing. But the action's still cool, so I guess whatever. But if you have played the game and for some reason you've never seen the movie, which sounds hard to believe, but there's always got to be those people out there, it's worth it to check it out. And if you can, watch that complete version. It does make a difference. Definitely adds at least a point to the whole entire movie. Well, till then, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. I'm Ryan Dunnigan. We'll see you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Check out our website at oldmanorange.com for even more podcasts, cartoons, videos, music, and more. Send us an email at oldmanorangepodcast at yahoo.com. Be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review us on iTunes, Podomatic, or any of the other fine sites we might be located on. And if you want to help out even more... Click on the Amazon or GameStop links on our webpage before you make any purchases there. Won't cost you a penny, but it sends us a little something our way. Thanks for listening, and tune in next week to Old Man Orange.